0: Now, just to make sure we're all in the right place, which you should be, because you were just in here last session, this is the develop track, right? Right. And uh, this is the class on knowing your season, or know your season. And uh, my name is Weta Bradford. I know there were many of you who looked at the name on the teacher for this track and you went, what? That's entirely too many vowels and not enough consonants in that first name, right? So my name is Weta Bradford. And I am the district Chi Alpha director for the state of Georgia. Now, that was an interesting journey, but basically I've been uh, an assistant Chi Alpha staff person. I've been a pioneering Chi Alpha director at Columbus State University. And a few years ago I moved into a role that basically my full-time job is that I get to resource and train students and our Chi Alpha missionaries so that we can grow on the campuses in Georgia where we currently have Chi Alpha and so that we can also expand to new campuses. And then I also direct the internship program at Columbus State University. So I get to a lot of cool, unusual things with Chi Alpha. Uh, I'm excited to talk about this uh, topic with you guys today, Knowing Your Season. So funny, it comes up with me a lot. I just had a conversation with a staff person over coffee right before I came to this and Seasons came up probably about four or five times in that conversation. Uh, So uh, let me talk a little bit first of all about my life as a college student, all right? So when I was in high school, I was a high school senior Uh, Some of you are not that far away from having been a high school senior. For some of you, that was all of, you know, eight months ago, right? Some of you, it's been a few years. But when I was a high school senior, I was on that normal journey where you're trying to figure out where you're going to go to college, right? And you try to make those big decisions. You've got two or three that are in your sights, maybe, that you're hoping on. You send all your scores off. And uh, I was really fortunate that I got invited to a scholarship interview uh, at a particular campus that I had no desire to go to. It was in Florida, I'm from Georgia, no offense to anyone in the room from Florida, but I just did not have positive feelings. As a very strong Georgia Bulldog fan, I did not have very strong positive feelings about the idea of going to college in Florida. But I went into that interview and just kind of prayed and surrendered to the Lord and said, God, I don't want to go here, but if this is where you want me to go, I know I won't be happy anywhere else. The only way I'd ever go to this university is if I got this scholarship. Walked into that interview and felt really good about it. By the time I got home, they had called and they'd offered me one of two full scholarships. So... I had what all of that to say, I had this incredibly positive, strong sense of purpose about where I was going to college. Like I had this incredible luxury as a high school senior in February of my senior year. I had no anxiety, no worry. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew exactly how I was gonna pay for it. And I felt like I was just walking and this was just gonna be awesome and God loves me. And uh, I've got God, the wind is at my back, and this is going to be amazing. So, flash forward a few months. When I stepped on campus at Jacksonville University in Jacksonville, Florida, I knew the Lord wanted me there. I knew that, I knew that, I knew. I didn't know what it was about, but I knew that God wanted me there. And that felt really great. Uh, it was one of the hardest years of my life. So, even though I knew God wanted me there, suddenly I found myself as a Simple girl from North Georgia with a strong Southern accent who came from the buckle of the Bible belt. You know, I'd grown up surrounded by lots of Baptists, a sprinkling of Methodists. I was a Pentecostal kid. I knew one Jew and one (coughs) Catholic person in my town. Um, I now was on a university campus that had very few Baptists, (laughs) hardly any Pentecostals at all a lot of Catholics and a lot of Jewish students I felt m- multi- multiple times in multiple ways I found myself in, converse- myself in conversations where I just felt very misunderstood and by the time that freshman year was over I was exhausted um, because I wasn't in Chi Alpha but I was in campus ministry and what do we do in campus ministry we reach out to those outside of our circle we befriend people uh, we try and share Christ Easter weekend, I took home two of my Jewish friends uh, to my house. Uh, They were there. They came and did Easter with my family. And I'll never forget, there was a moment where I went into my bedroom. I was talking to my mom and my sister, and I was just in tears because I just was worn out. How did I go from being so positive (coughs) to now I was seriously thinking about transferring? I must have gotten this wrong. Or God, maybe it was just for a year. I think it would be better if I moved a little closer to home. I knew I still didn't want to live at home. I was done with the the town, but I wanted to be a little bit back among people who I was familiar with. Well, I went home for the summer. I rested, I worked, I did all that stuff, and somehow, you know, the complaints, the weariness of that year wore off of me, and I did go back to that university for my second year, my sophomore year. Hands down, the best year of college for me. One of the best, most fun experiences Uh, My friends who I'd been closest with my freshman year, we all managed to get on exactly the same hall with doors right across from each other. Um, Our campus ministry group had grown, I had become a leader. It just was that year that you want to have, it was just fun. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about all kinds of crazy, you know, like throwing water balloons out the dorm window and crashing them on people below, um, you know, making fake political you know, signs and hanging them in the hallway like from false candidates. We just did all kinds of shenanigans and we had an absolute blast living in the dorms. Uh, so here's the thing is you may see in your own life, man, it seems like there's times that we are in the pit of despair and it feels like everything's working against us even though we think we made a decision that was what God wanted us to make or maybe our parents wanted us to make or this is tradition and I got exactly what I wanted and then suddenly it can just seem terrible and then almost with the shift of the wind something that was terrible turns out to be good. I almost let a very bad year keep me from a very good year. And so the thing that I've noticed, I don't think I noticed it in high school much. I probably didn't even get it at that point when I was in college. Is now as I live year after year after year, I've started to notice that life just has rhythms. Life has rhythms. Um, There are seasons, there are things that happen in our life. Uh, you You can probably look back on your life and see Uh, hills and valleys. And here's the thing. Uh, We live in a world, and I don't in any way belittle uh, anyone who has, say, a clinical diagnosis of depression or anxiety who needs medication for that. There are biological and chemical reasons to need that. But man, we live in a world where we so quickly diagnose ourselves. We're self-diagnosers, right? Something must be wrong with me. Or else, all these things would not be happening. So, the big question that I have for you in this session is: What if there's nothing wrong with you related to why you find yourself in the you know sort of present moment, or where you were six months ago when it seemed like a lot of bad days, or things just were not, and your mood is whatever? What if you're just in a different season? What if, like the world around us, our life, our physical, our mental, emotional, and spiritual life sometimes has a winter. Or sometimes it's an incredibly rainy fall, and sometimes we have summers, and sometimes we have springs. So you think about the way the world works around us. There are all kinds of rhythms to things. As a matter of fact, Ecclesiastes in the Bible. I'm going to have it up here on the screen, but if you'd like to look at your own personal version, this is the NIV version of this. Scripture makes it really clear that there is a time and a purpose for anything we need to do. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says the following things. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search, and a time to give up. Well, that's a good one. Sometimes it's time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. Some of us may feel that in our relationships. Sometimes it's just time to tear it up. Sometimes it's time to fix it. A time to be silent and a time to speak. Ooh, I struggle with that one. I more often think it's time to speak than to be silent. Anybody with me on that, right? Yeah. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace now if any of you are fans of old music you probably had the birds singing in your head right now a time for a, you know there's a there's an oldie song called to every season turn 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 that's all of these verses but it's interesting that all the way back way back in the wisdom of the Old Testament in the book of Ecclesiastes a very very smart man by the name of Solomon was looking at life all around him One of the things I love about the book of Ecclesiastes is it actually talks about some really heavy, like you read it, you're like, dude, you need to take a Xanax. Uh, There's some really heavy, (laughs) thought-provoking, like, what was, this guy needed some couch time, he needed something. Uh, There's some heavy, at one point he just keeps saying, meaningless, meaningless, everything's meaningless. Like, dude, Solomon, I dig you. We're all the same. Sometimes it feels that way. But in the middle of talking about all these things, He's talking about the things he observed. And there's a time for everything. But the challenge is, we love that when it, we think about, man, I want to do everything and I don't want to miss out on anything. But when we're in the middle of the times that it's time to love and time to dance and time to do all those cool things, we don't want to think that there's a time to mourn and cry and weep and tear. We like to keep it in that zone, <laughs> That's just the time for the good stuff. And scripture makes it really clear to us, and the way the Lord has made the world around us makes it really clear to us that it's just not possible. So what if there's not necessarily anything wrong with us in a moment? What if there's not necessarily something we've got to fix? What if there's not necessarily a grand cosmic conspiracy what if it's just the season? What if it's just in the natural rhythm of the way things work? Sometimes it's going to be winter. and Sometimes it's gonna be spring. And sometimes it's gonna be summer. Sometimes it's gonna be fall. And rather than fighting it, we just need to prepare for it. So I want you to think about some of the life rhythms. So what are the things that are rhythms right now that are about your life? Well, your college students, so what are the things that are just a natural rhythm of a college year? What are the things that mark a college year as sort of normal rhythms? Exams. Exams? What they, <laughs> I don't know anybody that likes them. I was going to say whether well, you like them or hate them. I don't know anybody that likes them. Whatever your feelings are about finals, you know the finals are coming. And if you're on a campus or in a class that has a pretty sturdy midterm policy, the midterms are coming. So that's a part. What else is a part of the natural rhythm of a college year? which it, grades or break? Break. Break, yeah, spring break, fall break? Football. Football! Yes! Have I got any football fans? Woo. Yeah. I oh I have the Yeah, okay. I'm still- <laughs> talk about talk about a time to mourn. I've had two Georgia Bulldog games in the last twelve that have made me sad, sad, sad for days, days, days after we played the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, but yeah, football! If you're on a football campus or you're from a football family, that's a normal part of sort of the excitement of fall. What else? Anything else that's a normal rhythm of college life in a college year? Move in and move out. Yes. When you move in as a freshman and you're so unsure about everything and you know your roommate situation, or the people in your hall, the people in your suite, um, and then you move out, and it's like you just don't even give it a, a thought to it. But move in and move out rhythms. Or if you're renting an apartment, you got to get everything cleaned up, et cetera, et cetera, or pay friends the fees. Friends graduating. Friends graduating. Oh, <laughs> we all had that moment when you you were that person who became friends with everyone who was older. and how all your friends graduated, right? Anything else? was part of the normal rhythm of college here? Transitioning into life after college. Okay, your graduation. So transition into life after college. Uh, And life after college is very different, right? Uh, And then even like we said, the breaks. Uh, You think about Christmas break. Right? There's a, we're in it right now. Pretty great, right? How many of you are anywhere that has like a January term or a short winter term that your Christmas break's going to be a little longer? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, I know there's some students in the room, at least one I saw from Columbus State. The university in my town actually now has added a January term. So most of those students, you can take either that Jan term and take like one class or most of the students won't be back until I think January 22nd. Because of the janitor. Yeah. yeah, sweet, right? Yeah. So different rhythms, and then there's the natural. For all of us in a year, even outside of college, I love fall on into like winter because it's like there's always something to celebrate. It seems like. So I am a football fan, and then before you know it, it's Thanksgiving, and then we can look forward to Christmas, and then we can you know if we got somebody we love, we can look forward to Valentine's. If we ain't got somebody we love, we look forward with hope that maybe by Valentine's. <laughs> Lord, this is the year. I believe it. Uh, now, especially now that Kurt has told us how to clearly communicate between men and women, right? The morning session. Uh, so Valentine's, then hey, right around the corner from Valentine's, spring break is going to be here before we know it. And then what spring break's here, man, it's going to be the end of the year before you know it. There's a rhythm to that, and all those things affect us. Uh, think about the solar system. The solar system spins in cycles. You know, fall equinox. Oh no, summer. Yeah, fall equinox, spring equinox, summer solstice, and winter solstice. The moon cycles. The tides. All those things work in cycles. Uh, and then you think about our our physical lives. Uh, birth, childhood, adolescent, puberty, young adulthood, adulthood, hopefully retirement <laughs> with plenty of time to enjoy it someday. Uh, we mature physically. Uh, and then other areas, obviously, there's the real obvious one nature, the ones we talked about spring, summer, fall, and winter. Depending on where you live, you get larger, longer doses of that. You know, I've got friends who uh, grew up in Michigan. And uh, uh, basically, you know, in the south where we are, especially say down in Georgia, even though it's winter, you know, somewhere around 6 p.m. it starts to get dark. Well my friend who was from Michigan, for them, it was like 4 p.m. It's different. You know, your experience is different depending on where you live, but we all still have some sort of encounter with that. And here's the thing, very few of those do we have any control over and we just find a way to flow with the rhythm and we dress accordingly <laughs> and we adapt to whatever we need to adapt to and we start to think about things in a different way. So what if we start thinking about life in that? So here's uh, here's a couple of questions I want you to think about and then I want you to break down into groups for a little bit. So what if God designed this to have as well as all these natural things actually emotional And mental and spiritual seasons. How would it change your perspective on life? How would it change your perspective on where you are right now in this moment? If you started seeing your life as something that was organized according to seasons? How would it change the way that you feel about what's happening right now or the way that you feel about spring semester? Or the way that you're already thinking about things that are going to happen as you look at 2019. Or as you stand at the end of 2018 and look backward. I always love the change. another one of the things I like about rhythm. I like the end of a calendar year as it flows into a new calendar year. There's always just something about it. I don't make crazy New Year's resolutions that I'm not going to keep. But I always do feel like there's some way, there's something I hope for. There's something I want to improve in there's something I hope to see happen, or this is the year that I'm going to get serious about getting my finances cleaned up, or this is the year that I'm not going to make crazy resolutions about my health, but I do want to be able to look at the whole year for 2019 and go, okay, I had something consistent that I did. We all think of things, and we go, this is what I want to do this year. So what if I thought about those things in the light of seasons? So I want you to get with, say, two or three other people. And thinking about seasons and how you would think about your life and how we should address seasons in our lives, I want you to think about this. So without looking into Scripture, we're not looking for a big godly something right now, how would you describe seasons? I want you to think about each season. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And in a group of two, three, four of you, discuss what are three or four traits that you think are important about identifying What makes winter, winter? What makes spring, spring? What makes summer, summer? What makes fall, fall? Okay, take a few minutes and discuss. Three to four traits for each one. Okay. I think most people have at least read through the passage in the interest of time so um, I missed this on the pardon me for repeating myself but I missed this on the recording but for winter we read Psalm 88 some of you read Psalm 88 some of you for summer read Zechariah 8 spring Isaiah 35 and fall Galatians 6 verse 7 through 10 and 2nd Corinthians 9 6 through 15 uh, get, I'm not going to take a lot of time to get feedback from you on this. How many of you felt that the passage was speaking to you, where you have identified yourself in? You could hear be like, whoa, <laughs> I kind of felt that, or you felt challenged by it. Um, you know, like I said, I really challenge you guys. Go read these passages. Um, I tell you, really powerful. His information in this book on winter and reading Psalm 88. Uh, wow, how powerful is it? Some of you may have never read this psalm. There's a verse in this psalm that says, darkness is my only friend. Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine there's something like that in the Bible? And darkness is my only friend. There are seasons that definitely feel that way. Um, you know. And then you contrast it to spring. Isaiah 35 is one of the absolutely most beautiful passages in Scripture about renewal. And how the desert, which is a very barren, dry, dead place, comes to life and water starts to come into the valley and things start to grow. And that's exactly what spring feels like. All of a sudden, things just start to change. And things start to wake up. Summer, Zechariah 8, is all about the Lord returning and about joy and how children are playing in the street. And people in different stages of life feel very fulfilled and they're happy to live in the city. And there were times when the Lord maybe turned away or brought punishment to the people, but this is not that season. And summer is that. It's like suddenly, man, everything just seems good. And it's like you kind of find yourself finally being able to relax a little bit and just enjoy, and people are happy. Uh, And then fall, these passages will really emphasize the idea, again, Cassie hit it a second ago, um, who said it's about reaping and sowing, about challenging us that fall is that time that you start to see a lot more of the fruit. You see some fruit in summer, but in fall you really start to get a sense of what's happening. There are certain emotions that accompany every one of these seasons or ways of thinking about them. Uh, Here's a good way to think about each of these seasons. Winter uh, is is really a brilliant season and can be a season of mourning and frustration uh, it can be very peaceful in that too but it's that sense of man it's darker there's not a lot to do what's going on uh, we ask a lot of questions in winter we turn far more inward we feel far more alone sometimes in a winter uh, contrast that spring is all about joy for what is going on right now oh excuse me i got this backwards that's a mistake here excuse me spring should be hope for what's to come that's a typo on my slide there so spring is about feeling excitement and hope for i'm working hard i believe good things are coming you're planting you're plowing the ground you're getting ready right then summer is about it's, you're just happy to be where you're at right now and things are good and then lastly fall is excitement over the results You starting to see the results you start to see things that are productive start to pay off these the emotions that are part of these seasons last thing i want to give you and i don't have a slide for this i'm just going to roll through these pretty quickly are the things that you can consider to do what are some of the things we can do in these seasons okay maybe spiritually and life-wise so now this can be again like i said personally or this can be in your leadership i've had times in my leadership where everybody wanted to be at my event and everybody wanted to be at my small group and I've had times in leadership where no one showed up. Alright so what are the things you can do in the season? So in winter here's some things to think about. Don't rush it. Some of us we always want it to be spring and summer. We hate winter and there's plenty of things to hate about it but there's important work that happens in winter. Sometimes the ground has to be frozen Sometimes things have to die back for new and exciting growth to happen. Winter is the time that God does a lot of really deep work internal in us. And God reveals a lot about who we are. Uh, So don't rush winter except the winter. I did have a season in my life. It's one of the worst seasons. It lasted about two years. And all kinds of things happened to it. it. From like My sister had twin boys prematurely and they were in Uh, the NICU for months, and we weren't sure what was going to happen to my brother, got diagnosed with cancer, and went on a journey that had multiple surgeries and chemo, and then he passed away at the age of 28. Uh, In the middle of him dealing with cancer, my dad and I were at home working on getting their house ready for my parents to sell the house. Our family dog died. And then uh, after my brother passed away, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. I hated that season. (laughs) I would have done anything to make that season quicker, but there wasn't a thing I could do to rush it. And I just had to walk with the Lord. Can I tell you something? The Lord is near even when the Lord feels far. God's silence is not necessarily His absence. So in winter we start to wonder if He's absent. It may just be that He's being silent but he's right there with us in that. So don't rush. Uh, Prune things, cut things back and burn stuff. What do you do in the winter? You prune trees, you pile up limbs, you burn them. This is the season in your life to get rid of stuff. Get rid of some of the extra things that you're doing, some of the relationships that are drawing life away from you that are not the things that God wants you to do. Uh, Stop trying to do five jobs, maybe only do four. Uh, in winter, we have less energy, so we got to conserve those resources. Maybe instead of a double major, maybe you only need a single major and a minor. Just saying. Uh, remove things. Don't add things. So allow yourself to decrease. Uh, it's a good time to read and pray. Read the Word. Read good books. Have, uh, have people challenge you outside of whatever's going on in that winter season. You might not be invited to lots of opportunities in a winter season. Spend time uh, having that opportunity to have the time to read and pray. And lastly, you cling to the core stuff. What are the key things you know to be true? Uh, You think about when somebody's out in frigid temperatures and they eventually experience frostbite, what's going on? Is The body is, is pulling in the resources to the most important organs. So the blood starts to draw away from the extremities. Now, that's kind of an intense thing, but in winter, allow things. Pull back the resources to get back to the core. What are the things you need to preserve? Uh, Think about those things in winter. All right, spring. These are short. Start to move again. Sometimes we're afraid it's still winter, and we're afraid to go out and do stuff. Uh, Spring is the time to get started. Get moving. Make some goals. Make some plans. That's the time to start some new things. Another way to see it is plow and plant. Uh, Maybe it is the time to start officially declaring your major. (laughs) Or making the plans for grad school. Or making the plans to consider a college internship. Right? It's time to do something new and break up the ground and start to plant some seeds and get ready. Spring is about that. It's a time to dream. In the spring, we dream of how things can be. And we start to prepare for those things happening. All right. in summer, uh, drink deeply and don't get distracted. Like, savor it. Enjoy it. Be happy. Have fun. But beware of getting distracted. Because it's real easy to get distracted when everything's going our way. So, don't let yourself get distracted away from the things uh, that are of the Lord. Winter draws us to God, but summer's freedom and joy sometimes draws us away from Him. So don't let yourself get distracted. And then even in summer, though, we prune in the winter, but we trim in the summer, too. So uh, someone at, we were doing this with our staff recently, talking about what season we're in. I feel like I'm in a summer, but I feel like I'm in that season where we've had too much rain, and everything has too many like limbs on it. I need to trim some things back. In order to produce more fruit in the fall, sometimes we still have to trim back some of the growth. So summer's a good time to also think about what do we need to trim. And then, like I said, just enjoy. Celebrate. Give thanks to the Lord. (laughs) Be in a good spot with the Lord if you're in summer. That's a great thing. And then lastly, fall. Fall's a good time to feast and celebrate even more. It's when you start to see the fruit of something you've been working on for a long time. That can be in relationships. That can be in school. That can be in all kinds of areas. When you start to see things pay off, recognize it. Celebrate and offer thanksgiving to God. Uh, Take stock. Like, look at all the things and start to kind of keep a record. Uh, If you've had a great year, put it somewhere in writing or in something that you'll come back and run across. Maybe you're a photograph person. Uh... Make sure you're gonna bump into these things because at some point, you're gonna be in winter, you're gonna need to look back and remind yourself that God is faithful and produces fruit. So take stock, make note, and store up. Fall is when we put everything away in barns so that we'll have food to eat in the winter and when we start moving again in the spring. Share. If you've had a good season and God's done a lot of good stuff in your life, share your joy with other people and for those who may not be able to join in the joy encourage fall is a very good time if you're in a fall season to offer encouragement to those who maybe are in a winter or in the early spring season hey i know it looks this way right now but i was in the same spot this is what god can do this is what god can do and then lastly similar what i said in in uh, summer avoid idols When we're in a season that we start to see a lot of fruit from our hard work and the Lord's work, we tend to see it more like it was our hard work and less like it was God's. So don't allow your productivity, favor, and fruitfulness, again, to become the thing that you worship. Success and growth are not the point. Like, they are great things, but they can take our eyes away from God as being our source. All right. So there's all kinds of things related to this. Um, you know, let me encourage you, wherever you're at, uh, if you're in a what seems to be a challenging season, hold on closely to the right relationships in your life and to the Lord. I promise the season will change. I promise the season will change. Uh, Even a couple years ago, and I was a season where I was just praying very, very hard, the hardest I've ever prayed about some things in my life. I wanted a family, and I had not had a family, and I prayed for about a year. I fasted with a friend, went through a lot of different things, and uh, that was 2014. And in 2016, I started foster care. Uh, 2015, I started, wait, no, 2016, I started foster care. And in August of 2017, I adopted a little boy. At that point, was nine. He's ten. He's with me. And I look at my life right now, and it's full of joy, and it's full of all the things that summer and fall produce. But there was a time in 2014 where the ground was as hard as a rock, and I wondered if God saw all the seeds I was planting and if anything was going to come of that. Same thing though, if you're in summer, enjoy it, but no, there's seasons, these seasons will change too and don't, don't harm yourself by thinking you've always got to be in summer. You've always got to be doing things. Um, but yeah, hold, hold close to the Lord and just know, what if it's not that you've done anything wrong? What if it's not that anything drastic needs to change in your life? What if it's just a season and you need Jesus, who is the man for all seasons? Bible, that's one of the scriptures, tells us Jesus was a man for all seasons. What if you need the man who's the man for all seasons to help walk you through that season and on into the next one? Thanks so much for your time and attention.